Hi, this is Netta. I have had and have some amazing friends over the years who really are so good at giving gifts. And my husband is that same way. Um, I'm not so great at it, but I had this friend um, in Youngstown who, if I happened to mention anything like, oh, your perfume smells so good on you. And I was genuinely meaning it as a compliment to her. She would buy me that perfume for my birthday and it wasn't cheap and they didn't have money. Or... If I just commented like, oh, this on your wall, it looks perfect with everything you have right here. She'd end up buying me something similar for a holiday. And I'd be, so I I realized I couldn't hardly compliment anything to Cindy because she took it and made a gift out of it. And I mean, it was so amazing and so humbling. Or to Mary and Susie, if I happened to mention something in passing, like someday I'd love to have pillows on the couch that were like this or that. They would remember that and months, months later, give me something that I mentioned in passing before. I'd be astounded. I'm like, I can't even remember what I said this morning, let alone what someone else said months ago and turn it into a thoughtful gift. But I do love thoughtful things that have meaning, that have some some history or some purpose behind it. And we're in Acts chapter 19. And this chapter just so reminded me as I was reading through it most recently about the gifts that come to us following salvation. When we dedicate our lives to Jesus, recognizing so much that we are sinners and we need him, then he gives us everything we need to live a godly life. I say that all the time, right? It's like my favorite. Second Peter 1, 3, he gives us all we need to live a godly life. I just said that. <laughs> well, you heard it twice. So in Uh, Acts chapter 19. I just want to go through this story and point out six things that are just precious, needed, meaningful gifts from God to us when we follow him. Now, Paul was on his third missionary journey and um, he came to Ephesus and he came in contact with believers, it says. He found several believers. And in verse two, it says he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they were like, no, we haven't even heard of that. And he said, well, what baptism did you experience? And they said, the baptism of John. Now, this is John the Baptist's baptism, which was a repentance and turning to God, but it wasn't an acknowledgement of Jesus being the Savior and the Messiah yet. So as soon as he, as soon as they heard this, because um, Paul started explaining to them, well, Paul, well, John's baptism was pointing to Jesus. Then it said they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that was water. That is our first gift, water baptism. Water baptism in the name of Jesus is like publicly declaring to everybody, I love Jesus. It's an outward expression of an inward change. That's what my husband always says. So It's not the baptism that makes them saved, but the baptism is a result. And I think it's just a precious gift for us to get to express ourselves. It's like wearing a wedding ring once you're married. The ring doesn't make you married, but it's this beautiful gift from the one you love. And it tells everybody that you belong to that one. Um, Then Paul laid his hands on them. This is in verse six. And the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Here's the second gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Notice that it didn't come with believing in Jesus. This is a separate, overflowing, bubbling out 
So we have water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, if this gets you kind of riled up or uneasy on the inside, don't be angry with me. Talk to God about it. Ask him if he has something more for you and dig around an ax. This is not a singular occurrence, right? Remember some of the past? (coughs) Okay, so then we move on. And in verse 11, it says, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Now, this is the third gift. Excuse me, spiritual gifts. Okay, God gives all of us spiritual gifts, special things to carry out our calling. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that, um, they're listed. There's some in Romans 12. They're mostly listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Um, talking about all the different gifts that God gives us. And honestly, we might have one or two or three of them, but sometimes he branches us out into other giftings too when we need to. So that is a precious gift that we have when we need it. Now, Paul used his giftings and amazing things happened. It said um, even handkerchiefs that were laid and Paul's shadow would touch them, then people would take those handkerchiefs and put them on the sick and God would heal them. Like all kinds, people were healed, demons were cast out, people's lives were radically changed because of Jesus. Now, here's the next thing. Down in verse 17, it said that the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. This is the number four gift. This is the fourth thing in this passage I'm pointing out that we are given the gift of opportunities to honor God, to give him the props, not to soak it up for ourselves, not to make sure everyone recognizes that we did this or that we were involved in this, but that it's okay to just be in the background. That's like the hardest thing for some of us. And even people that don't like to be in the spotlight, sometimes you still want credit, right? Because we're so human. But in this regard, it says the name of the Lord was greatly honored. And look what happened. It said, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. So literally, people found salvation. People's lives were eternally changed because Paul used his gifts but gave God the honor. Mm, I love that. I love that. (laughs) We could talk about that one for a good while, right? The fifth thing is down in verse 21. It says, afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to go to Macedonia and Acacia before Jerusalem. The next thing is Holy Spirit's leading. What a gift. The Holy Spirit guides us. And Isaiah says he's the voice behind us saying, walk this way, go this way. The steps of the righteous are ordered of God, it says in Psalm. So, God literally has a plan for our life, and then he tells us what it is if we listen. If we're faithful where he puts us, and then step by step, he directs us. That is such a gift, to be compelled by the Holy Spirit and and know that we're walking obediently and doing what we were created to do. And that's when the gifts flow and all that stuff. (laughs) The gifts are flowing. The final thing is later on when Paul is in Ephesus, there's like this big old riot and people are ticked and it's a whole story. I hope you read it yourself. But all these people start to meet together in this huge amphitheater to to complain and kind of almost riot against Paul and the Christian message. And 
um, Paul's companions were with him, right? And everybody rushes in there and Paul wants to go in there. He wants to go in that amphitheater because he's going, this is it. This is my chance to talk to these, this huge crowd. And his companions are begging him, please don't go in there. Basically, like they're going to rip you to shreds. And the sixth gift I want to point out is that we have courage in trials. Do you ever read the New Testament or even the Old Testament, or you read stories of these amazing Christians who did such brave things. And we know it's happening all over the world where people are having to stand up for Christ in difficult situations and just do the right thing, even if their lives are at stake. Do you ever read those stories and go, I, I want to be able to do that. I don't know if I could. Listen, we don't have strength for that right now. But if we are walking step by step closely with Jesus, when we get to those trying moments, we will have the courage to do it. But we can't just be like, la, 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 going along life, only getting fed God's word on Sundays, not really having a daily walk, and then expect that when a hard situation comes that we're going to be courageous. We have to be walking with Jesus every single day, talking to him, listening to him, When we read the word, go, God, what are you saying to me today? And what do you want me to do with this? How does this change my attitude, my thoughts, my behaviors, my actions? But what do you want? Jesus, what do you want? I ask that every time I open the word, what do you want to say to me? He's always faithful. Crazy thing is, and I I think I've mentioned this before, but sometimes I'll be like, I don't really even know what he's saying to me today. I know I underlined a couple of verses, but I'm not really sure what they mean. And I'm a journaler and I'm very visual. So I'll just start to write down those verses and I'll be like, Lord, I'm not really sure what you're saying, but it's something with this. And I'll start to write them out. And sometimes even as I'm writing them out, he starts to point out what he really meant by that for me. He's so faithful. He says that he will guide us. He said his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It says in Psalm, I know I say it every time, please read God's word. We have such a gift and all of these other gifts come to us when we accept Jesus and we get to know them and know him by reading his word. What wonderful gifts, my friend. You are gifted to meet everything today that is before you. He has given you all you need for life and godliness. And that, in my scratchy voice, is just a little piece of my heart.